tonight as you're taking your seats. Please go ahead and open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. And isn't it funny how things from our childhood seem to stick with us through all of life? I was uh, remembering this week just this really vivid picture in my mind, this, this memory I have that surpasses all the rest when it comes to uh, my life and watching cartoons. And I thought of uh, what seems to be something I saw a thousand times in the cartoon, something of a familiar character floating down the river in some kind of, you know, leisurely boat, very relaxed, smile on his face, not a cloud in the sky, sun shining, uh, hands behind his head, feet up, just enjoying life. And then, some of you know what's coming next. Uh, the, the frame pans out, and as the audience, we see it before they do. And if you know what I'm talking about, go ahead and just say it. What's coming up ahead? The waterfall. The top of the waterfall. They're, they're headed for trouble, and they didn't even see it coming. And this is such a vivid picture of what it means to be complacent. To have that, that feeling sense that things are going just fine, even well, all the while unaware of the potential danger that lies ahead. Surely we've all experienced this in some way or another. We've, we've, we've become satisfied with the way some area of life is going and we lose sight. We fail to prepare and be thoughtful of the dangers, those undesired outcomes that could possibly lay ahead. How, how much better is it to remain committed to living wisely? With dedication and responsibility, steadfastly planning and being careful all along life's journey so that we can have a well-founded hope that all of this will prove fruitful in the end. Wisdom says that every important area of life requires that we exercise commitment while avoiding complacency. And this morning, what we're going to hear about from the Proverbs is what this book has to teach us specifically as this relates to the family. To the family, and in particular, to the parent-child relationship. No one shapes the life of a child more than the parent does. We do see rare exceptions to this, but even in these exceptions, there's a reason why the figures of speech, like a father figure to me, or she was like a mother to me, there's a reason why these expressions make the sense that they do. This is God's design. And so parents, today is another healthy reminder for you that you are responsible to raise up your children. You're responsible to prepare them for the future, to guide them along the way, to do all that you can to help them learn to live skillfully in order to achieve success. 
complacency in parenting is the great enemy. And this morning, as we look to the Proverbs, we do so to fan the flame of steadfast commitment in our innermost or immense calling. If you're here this morning and you're not a parent or you're past the child rearing years of life, listen, this is still significant for you for at least a couple of reasons. First, we're all a spiritual family here. Amen? Amen. And, and us who are parenting these little ones, we, we need you. We need your help. We, we need your encouragement. We need your wisdom. We need your prayers. There's another reason as well for all of us to take heed to what the Proverbs have to teach us about parenting. And that's this. Maybe today or, or maybe someday soon, you might have the opportunity to be a spiritual parent. A father figure or a mother figure in some young one's life. And these people, they, they need you to take them under your wing, so to speak, to disciple them and care for them and to point them in the right way. Well, that's parents. Children, this message is for you too this morning. I'm here to remind you this morning that God calls you to listen to your parents. To obey their instructions so that you can learn to live life well and get ready for your future. Complacency is a great enemy for you too. If you think you're going to be just fine not listening to what your parents have to say, the Bible tells you that you're going to remain a fool. So kids, put up your hand if you want to be a fool. Anybody? No one? Good, okay. All right, so listen up this morning. Again, we're going to reference a number of Proverbs, but we're going to put an anchor down in chapter 22 and verse 6. And what we want to see is three instructions for committed families Three instructions for committed families. Let's read together chapter 22, verse 6. The Word of God says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. If you want to be part of a committed family and not a complacent family, God's Word says first, prepare properly. Prepare properly. Train up a child. That's the first part of our, our proverb this morning. We see that a family that's living wisely according to God's word is a family that is committed to preparation. This has to be our mindset. Life is training. Life is training. To be, to be a parent is to wholeheartedly embrace the role of trainer. And to be a child is to wholeheartedly embrace that you are in training. Even those in the world say this. They say preparation is the key to success. And it's true. It's true. Preparation is the key to success. As we train, we prepare with an eye to the future in order to get ready to accomplish a particular goal. 
whether it's education or in the workplace or maybe in sports, whatever it may be, we put the hard work in to time in order to achieve the goal that we want to see come about. This is absolutely critical. And how much more critical is it when it comes to parents and children growing up wisely, growing up well? Again, we remember that Solomon is writing these Proverbs to his son. And in them, we see him modeling this great burden. We see Solomon himself prioritizing preparation, preparing his child for life. We see Solomon doing all throughout this book what he's calling us to do in this one verse. Over and over again, he says, My son, my son, listen to me. Receive my words. Don't forget my teaching. My son, hear my instructions. Be attentive to my words and live. See this in chapter 6, verses 20 and following. We'll put those up on the screen. Solomon says, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Notice a couple of things that this emphasizes about preparing children for life. First, it's continuous. It's continuous. If you're a parent or a child, training is to be a constant in your life. And maybe you realize this, but training is a constant in your life. It's not so much a matter of whether or not you're training constantly as it is a question of how often is your constant training the right kind of training? Parents, listen, everything that you do and say is playing a part in preparing your children to live life one way or another. Either you're pointing them toward where you want to see them go or you're not. But you are pointing them What does proper parenting look like? Well, it's been broken down into these two categories, formative and corrective. And we see both of of those in uh, chapter 6. Formative training is explaining what and how to think and act. It's providing direction for how to live life well. It's, It's spending time together. And that is key, isn't it, families? Spending time together, sincerely considering the right and wrong ways to go about life. This is what we see all throughout the book of Proverbs. I think Solomon was 
merely obeying earlier scripture. You might be thinking of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, we read this at every parent-child dedication. Moses, he's, he's leading the people of God into the promised land. And here's what he says. He says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Everywhere, all the time, teaching and instructing. This is so necessary. We cannot afford to be complacent. Children need formative teaching and training. They, they need to be formed. Children need to be molded and shaped. Why? Well, if it wasn't clearly obvious, just look further down in chapter 22 at the beginning of verse 15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Foolishness is natural to every person born into this world. All of us are born this way, bent towards following our own foolish ways, and we need training to prepare us to live wisely. We need formative training, and we need corrective training as well. Look at the rest of uh, verse 15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we all just did what we were told? Wouldn't it be great if we didn't stray to the left or to the right? It's not what happens. So corrective training is required. And often, uh, correction in the form of uh, further explanation and instruction insufficient. The Word of God says that the rod of discipline is also needed. Children need discipline in order to learn that rebellion is not okay. This is good for you, kids. Parents, this is good for your kids. Earlier we mentioned that we're always training. How is it training your child if we let our kids just carry forth in sin and rebellion without any consequences? What is that teaching them for life? It's teaching them that there's no consequences for sin. Children need to learn that submitting to authority is an absolute must. Listen, kids, you need to learn that trying to be in charge of your own life will never turn out to be okay. It won't be just fine. And it certainly won't go well for you. So better now, in your early years, to learn that not obeying authority will be painful. This is so true when it comes to listening to parents 
and much more true when it comes to listening to God. God hates sin. God must punish sin or else he wouldn't be God. Proverbs has much to say about discipline, physical discipline. In chapter 13 and verse 24, for one example, it says, whoever spares the rod hates his son. We can include daughters there as well. But he who loves him or her is diligent, not complacent, but diligent, committed to discipline him. You know, some in the world would suggest that to discipline our children is some kind of, of um, hateful thing to do. The Word of God says the very opposite. The Word of God says it's the loving thing to do. And if we neglect to show our kids that there are painful consequences for disobedience, the Word of God says it's the same thing as if we hated them. Foolishness and rebellion will always lead to pain. And as as parents, we're charged with the responsibility to help children see this in small ways before it gets to be severe. So we cannot be complacent. We must be committed to prepare properly, both formatively and correctively. And before we move on to continue looking at our anchor verse this morning, I just want us to consider as well Ephesians chapter 6, the first few verses. We'll put those up on the screen as well because it is such a, a clear New Testament passage on what we're talking about this morning. Look at it. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And then it changes over to parents. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And let's just stop there for a moment. Some parents, you're hearing me um, talk about uh, preparing and training and you're like, yeah, that's right. Preach it, preacher. Training. (laughs) But we need to remember the, the fullness of the Word of God in all of this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Or or another translation says, do not exasperate your children. I think that really helpfully communicates what God wants. We can frustrate our children needlessly and we're not to do that in the way that we train them. We're not to be harsh. We're not to be heavy-handed. We're not to be overly critical or overly strict, just having rule after rule after rule. We're not to be irritable. We're not to be inconsistent. And we're certainly not to be hypocritical. Just flip one page, I think, in your Bibles, chapter 23 and verse 26. Solomon says, My son, give me your heart. And let your eyes observe my ways. Parents, can you say that to your children? It's the way that you want to train them reflected in your life first. Can they look at you and see an example 
example, a, a model of, of wise living? Or are they saying, I don't understand. That's not how you do it, Dad. That's not how you talk or live or behave, Mom. Rather, we need, as parents, we need to be tender-hearted, patient, understanding, affirming, affectionate, selfless, loving, kind in all of our preparation. Can you put up uh, Ephesians 6 again, just for a moment? I want to look at the end here. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You see this thread all throughout Scripture from Moses to Solomon to Paul. This is the job of parents. And this brings us to the next point in in our text in 22.6. Next we see if, if you want to be part of a committed family and not a complacent family, The Word of God instructs us, travel thoughtfully. Travel thoughtfully. Train up a child in the way he should go. We move here past the fundamental, uh, foundational commitment to train, and we see further the more specific uh, target or direction That is to be the aim of our training. The way that every child should go. Listen, and here's why this sermon on, on parents and children and the family is so relevant for every single one of us. The way that every person should go is the way of wisdom. Train up a child in the way he should go is the same thing as saying, Train up a child in godly wisdom. Prepare children by teaching them how to live life in a skillful way according to the Word of God. This is what a truly godly committed family does. They travel through life together trying to learn how to navigate each day in a manner that would please the Lord. That's the focus. That's the way we should go. Not the way that we see on the internet. Not the way that we see on shows, on movies and TV. Not the way that maybe we hear other kids or friends or neighbors telling us we should go. We need to go in the way of the Word of God, which is wisdom. The complacent family doesn't give thought to this. The complacent family's mind and heart is elsewhere. But the committed family journeys carefully. Look at 22 and verse 15. Solomon, sorry, 23 and 15. Solomon says, My son, if your heart is wise, my heart too will be glad. My inmost being will exult when your lips speak what is right. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. There's a passage to put on your fridge. 
There's a passage to memorize. There's a passage to pray over and with your children. This is God's way. Walk in it. That is to be the constant refrain of every parent and every child. Listen, this needs to be your understanding. Giving thought to help you understand how to live life in the world with all its suffering and with all its opposition to God and to be able to discern how to live life for Him through the midst of it all. And listen, I'm just going to let this entire summer series serve as uh, an illustration and an example of the kinds of things that you want to be teaching your children from the Word of God. Putting wisdom into practice in all the areas that the Word of God, whether it's in Proverbs or any other book of the Bible, calls us to. But what I really want to look at right now in just the short time that we have together is this, that while parents and children have an endless multitude of situations and circumstances in and around which to navigate. There's one common denominator in the midst of it all, and this is where we are called to most thoughtfully and specifically focus our training. Training a child in the way that he should go is ultimately a matter of this one thing, and that is the heart. The heart. And this is where many parents... Of course, outside of the church, but also inside of the church, focus on the wrong emphases. For sure, we definitely need to work on behavior, but, but listen, much more thoughtful shepherding needs to be given to the heart that is underneath the behavior. This is where we need to spend most of our training time. We need to focus on the heart. Did you catch it again in this uh, passage? We've been seeing it all along. It was there in the very beginning of the book. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To honor God as God, to, to love what He loves, and to hate what He hates, and to tremble before Him knowing that my sin deserves His righteous punishment. This is the fear of the Lord. And to believe that we desperately, desperately need a Savior. Because we could never be good enough. Listen, if you just one thing this morning, hear me say this. The preeminent job of every parent is to prepare your child for that day when they will stand before Jesus. There's a lot of things that a lot of parents commit diligently to prepare their children for. Leaving home being a responsible adult, getting ready for college or university, getting ready for force, getting ready to be married, preparing to be a parent yourselves. But listen, this needs to be the way that you're training and influencing your children foremostly. To be able to stand before the King of Heaven 
the judge of all the earth, and to say, I am completely dependent on your mercy. I need your forgiveness. My hope is in what you did when you hung on the cross to pay for my sins. Don't want training to stand before Jesus to say, I was a good person. Most people in the world, this is their primary concern, being a good person. And so this carries over into the parenting and child uh, dynamic, and this becomes the essential objective. Parenting centers on, on parents trying to make their child a better person and children trying to become a good person. Having good manners, being a good rule keeper, being a good student, a good athlete, a good musician, whatever it might be. And of course, none of these things are bad, right? They are actually all good. They're just really terrible at being the most important emphasis of our training. So we need to exercise tremendous thoughtfulness in going through life as both parents and children. And we need to thoughtfully often distinguish between um, managing uh, bad and good behavior from emphasizing the need for a complete heart transplant. I tell my kids all the time, the heart that you were born with is full of sin and, and you need to believe in Jesus Christ so that he will take that old heart out and put a new heart inside of you that loves him and that is able to obey him and follow him. Children, need to be brought back again and again and again to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Children need to learn that the way that we ought to go, the way we should go, is the way of repentance. That all of us, every single one of us, needs to trust in Jesus Christ. And if we do, He will change us He will change us more than any other training ever could. And He will make us someone who's able to live wisely to please Him. Three instructions for families who want to be committed rather than complacent. One, prepare properly. Two, travel thoughtfully. And now third, endure expectantly. Endure expectantly. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. He will not depart from it. There's no doubt that preparing properly and traveling thoughtfully is extremely challenging for both children and parents. Life's going to have many ups and downs, seasons of calm and seasons of difficulty. And training to live wisely according to God's way like any other kind of training is hard. And as we get to the latter half of this verse this morning, it's going to go quicker, I promise, than the first half. I I just want to say this. I, I know that looking at this second half of this particular proverb can become a real source of discouragement for some parents and and even for some children. And I just want to speak to that for a minute. What we have here, what we have here is a general truth. 
More often than not, there's a strong correlation between the spiritual depth of parents and seeing the same thing in children as they grow up into adulthood, but it's not always the case. It's, Proverbs are not a guarantee. Proverbs are not, by and large, promises. Rather, uh, Proverbs present for us what we can reasonably expect to happen most of the time. And this is really important to remember because if we're not careful, we can look at this verse and as a parent of a child maybe who's not following the ways of the Lord, you might think, it's all my fault. And if this is you, maybe you pointed your child or maybe you didn't. Can I just encourage you this morning that you can rest in the good and perfect fatherly love of God, the only perfect parent? It's not ultimately up to you. That's not what this verse is saying. You can rest knowing that, that it's God who's ultimately the one who reaches the heart of every child, young or old. This is really good news. God says, God says, He does say, I want you to strive to be a godly parent who trains your child in the way. But listen, it's not ultimately up to you. Maybe you're listening to this message this morning and um, you're on the other side. You, you know that you're the one who's not living the way that you should before God. And, and maybe your parents trained you up in the way, or maybe they didn't. But listen, it's not too late for you even today to join God's family. There's hope for you still. Listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus says in John 14, He says, If anyone loves Me, he will keep My word, and My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. You can be in God's family. All of this is a bit of a mystery. But we know, we know that God does use means, and the means that He often uses to bring about the fear of the Lord in children is the committed training of godly parents. A complacent family expects that everything will turn out just fine. Even without persevering in what God's Word instructs parents and children to be all about. But on the other hand, a committed family believes that the kind of training we're talking about here this morning, it does actually matter for the long haul. These kinds of families endure because they know that what is taught from a young age and seen and practiced in the home over and over again, listen, whether positive or negative, the principle here is that these things will generally carry over into the life of the child. Training up a child in the way he or she should go does have enduring effects. This is extremely weighty, but it's good for us to be reminded of these things, of the callings that are, that are placed on parents to raise our kids, to point our kids with thoughtfulness and care to the gospel of Jesus Christ each and every day. And for you two children to pay attention to what your parents are teaching you. 
Persist in these things. Persist in proper preparation. Keep on traveling with thoughtfulness throughout the course of this life. Endure expectantly as you prayerfully look to God to bring forth fruit in your family for the glory of His name. Let's pray. Lord God, we are just sincerely brought before you and before your word this morning with um, all that you have had to say to us. God, would you take your truth and would you massage it into our hearts, young and old and everyone in between. God, would, would you help us to pursue you, to walk in a manner that is worthy of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.